Hey, everybody, it's Preston here. Hey, guys, it's Clay. Before the show starts today, we want to tell you really quickly about this very cool challenge that we have coming up for listeners of Freelance to Founder. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Something we've never done before. Never done it, but man, I feel like there's a huge need for it because we get on these calls with people and one of the most common things we hear from freelancers is how do I build in recurring revenue? How do I get predictable money every month, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a big question that we always, uh, I always get. I know you always get. That's right. And so Clay, you guys know from listening to the show, Clay ran an agency that that crushed it on recurring revenue. I've built a couple of recurring revenue businesses myself, and we want to help you kickstart your own recurring revenue. 2021 is going to be your year for recurring revenue. So we're launching a five-day challenge where you can set up your first productized service. Yeah, and that's going to be five days that we're going to show you how to do it, going to give you a little bit of homework, and hopefully at the end of the five days, you'll have a plan to make uh, hopefully thousands of dollars in monthly recurring revenue. For example, in this challenge, we're going to teach you how to price your service product so that it makes sense to your clients and you can start making money fast. And we are actually going to show you how to make an irresistible monthly offer that your clients cannot resist. There'll be live calls with me and Clay. We're, We're super excited to connect with some of you who maybe are too shy to come on the show and have us highlight your business. These are private live calls with a small group. In fact, we're only letting in like 25 or so freelancers right now. So, I mean, to give you an idea, there are 10,000 people that are going to listen to this episode alone that you're listening to right now. So you don't want to wait. If you want to sign up, you can visit freelancetofounder.com slash challenge and claim your spot right now. All right, guys, we're serious about this. Please don't procrastinate. You will regret it. And like, you want to be a part of the first 25 OG original members of this five-day challenge (laughs) because it's going to be the first 25 that are going to be so ahead of the game. Listeners of Freelance to Founder can save 30% on this challenge with promo code podcast. So again, visit freelancetofounder.com slash challenge. Enter the promo code podcast when you sign up and you'll save 30% right away. They're going to go fast, you guys. Don't wait. (laughs) So many freelancers want to figure this recurring revenue thing out. And genuinely, we just hope you're one of them and that you'll join us for this fun challenge. Uh, Thanks so much for indulging us. And now on to this week's episode of Freelance to Founder. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's episode, we chat with an up-and-coming agency builder, Maddie. And during our conversation, we come up against one of the most common issues holding many of us back, getting out of our own way. The thing is, Maddie is extremely bright. She's got a lot of great things going, and she's got more work than she can handle on her own right now. But like so many of us, she might be overthinking a few decisions in her business that could affect her success over the next few years. Follow along as we work through each of these questions right after this message from our sponsors. Sponsors. 
Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store, and while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm joined, uh, as I usually am, by my good friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. Hey, how's it going? Good. And also joined today by Maddie, uh, who's who's calling in to chat about her freelance business. Thanks for joining us on a call today, Maddie. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. We're super excited. We're super excited to have you here. <laughs> You're actually a friend of... Uh, a friend of my friend, Matt Olpinski, who joined me a few episodes ago, listeners will know, as a guest coach when Clay was out of town. Um, so I'm happy we were able to make that connection. I'd love to hear a little bit about your business. Start us off by by telling us just what you're working on, what you do on a day-to-day basis, what kind of work you provide your clients, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I work full-time as a product design consultant, um, basically a freelance product designer for using the tech term. Um, coming out of the SF area, but I currently help early stage um, SaaS startups define or find and launch new products and features. So what that entails is say an early stage founder is looking to build a piece of software or a small team just got their first pre-seed round, helping them craft a digital interface. I really think a lot of people, they have a lot of ideas and um, angles of what they think they should build, but I help come up with the clarity and sense of, okay, this is an actual set of features and a way we can translate this into a user interface. Um, full-time freelancing now for about two months, give or take, um, full-time. But before that, it was probably about a year of nights and weekends trying to work two jobs at the same time. So recently yeah. made the transition during COVID. Yeah. Wow. That's that's, Wait, so you, that's you, awesome. You transitioned <laughs> between jobs? So I, I noticed that you went from the Bay to New York, right? Yeah. So I used to... Um, I worked remote for a company in San Francisco, but I lived out there for two summers. So enough to say and know the area, have friends out there kind of thing, got to know the culture of it. Um, the startup I worked at was it scaled from seven to 30 people. Um, great team. I learned a lot, but eventually during COVID kind of okay. like everybody had their little like 
what do I want in life kind of thing. Um, and yeah. transition. Yeah. Where, I'm just curious, where did you live out there in, in the Bay? Yeah, I lived in Soma and Lower Haight for a while. Okay, okay. I, I was out there for a while, um, but I was in the Tri-Valley. I was in like, uh, okay. you know, Livermore? Uh, personally, no, but um, oh, okay. yeah. Or San Ramon, San Ramon, Livermore. Okay, or... I know where San Ramon yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I lived. Yeah. And Maddie, been... has, anyone, has anyone told you there are parts of the country you could move to where COVID cases aren't through the roof? <laughs> I know, right? It's every place possible. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> I know. I'm in um, currently upstate New York, so the same town oh, okay, okay. as Matt is. I'm not in the city, thankfully, with everything going on. Um, but Rochester's been pretty maintained levels that we've had, so compared okay, to so down south, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're staying well. Um, so, so what what was the catalyst then for for making the switch? It was just like reconsidering life life choices and where you want to be in five or ten years. Was that kind of the the catalyst for it, or was there more to it? Yeah, I think there's a little bit more to it. I think obviously um, with freelancing, you start off with one client and you're like, okay, this is great. It's a side project. You make X amount, a couple of thousands. You're redesigning someone's website. That was about a year ago. And then over time, it kind of grew into one friend reaching out, somebody referred to another one, Matt, I took a project on with him. And it kind of started getting up to the point of, wow, it's equaling to the amount of time in my current full-time job. Um, And it was just too much for one person to take on a full-time plus freelancing, another three or four hours after a full day. Um, And it got to the point where I was like, I really love freelancing a bit more and made the transition then with it. Well, congratulations. I mean, that's a, that's a big step. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. That's incredible. Really cool. Yeah. So you work, Thanks. so you still, you work primarily with startups. Um, I assume a lot of remote work then, uh, sort of medium, medium sized companies, but some good clients, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. Um, my previous job was, I was the first designer, um, helping them, redesign a couple features they built out so i got to really understand that experience early on of what does it mean to build a product or restructure a product that is launching and successful um and then help even grow upon it and to team scale out a business scale out um and just really got to grow with it so now kind of a lot of my clientele is the same experience and people even earlier on compared Mm -hmm. to some company just getting a successful series a so it went from pre to Series A, but yeah, it's that same niche that I've always been living in, and I I love it a lot with it. Yeah, and and do you do any of the development work then, or, or is, are you just all on the visual side and like the strategic, uh, you know, UX side and stuff like that? Yeah, so I primarily live in the UX UI side um, as a product designer, but when it comes to development, I can code basic HTML and CSS and a tiny yeah. bit of JavaScript, but I want to consider myself a front-end developer at all. I have enough skills to talk with them, understand what's going on, but usually I'll try to find a developer to in my network to say, hey, we have this client who's looking to redesign something. Can you help step in? Or if the team has an in-house um, development team, trying to work with them and set those standards. Very cool. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And so when you know listeners of the show know that we have everybody fill out this questionnaire before they come on the air i appreciate you taking the time to fill it out we learned a lot about you and your business on on that questionnaire there's this critical piece that again listeners who have heard other episodes are familiar with this uh but we have a scale the freelancer to founder scale yeah. which is fitting obviously for the show <laughs> and we we asked you where where you're at currently on the scale you said you're a two so one is a freelancer like 100 percent freelancer 10 is a founder running a company 
You said you're a two currently, and that in six to 12 months, you'd like to get closer to a six, which would be a little bit closer to being a founder, like maybe right over the tipping point there of, of being a freelancer or a founder. Walk us through why you said you're a two now and what the, the perfect uh, scenario would be in maybe six or 12 months in, in terms of what you envision your business looking like. Yeah, I chose a two because it was, like I said, a fresh transition um, and felt right on the scale, but a one felt too new. Um, hmm. I know how to do a discovery with a client to say, okay, where are they currently at and how to best analyze that to really fit in where I can with their team. Um, and I'm not just saying, Hey, here's my X three services. Um, you have to fit into the mold. I kind of, it's more of a customer approach for client. Um, and I understand the like areas of what a proposal is, how you value base price in that area. So one felt a little too new, but two felt just right. And yeah. has made the transition. But um, I'd love to get somewhere where maybe a five or a six where it's, okay, we're getting to the point where it's too much design work and it's too many leads in terms of maybe somebody coming from a website, LinkedIn, um, and I might have to subcontract out to one or two designers acting more as like that PM in the middle with them. Um, it has, yeah, I'm a little bit my own bandwidth now, um, probably too many clients, um, but I'm loving it and just wanting to collaborate with really awesome people um, online. But hopefully, did you say too many, you say too many clients? <laughs> yeah. there's, no, there's no such problem. I know, there. right? <laughs> no, it's a really great uh, problem to have right now. No, yeah. no, your no, your problem, your problem is uh, not enough uh, people not to, on your team. Yeah. You're not growing your team fast enough. Yeah. That, that's not that's not your problem. Your, your problem is not too many clients. <laughs> yeah, no, I have um, one person subcontracting under into early stage startups, and somebody who just reached out last week with um, it was a 20k over project about building software and I'm like, how the heck do I need this? I need to scale this out eventually here, probably in January, finding a junior designer or someone I know just to help with visual work. So, but it was a great problem to have. <laughs> yeah. It's an excellent problem to have. So, so walk us through maybe what's, what's holding you back from, from getting to that five or six, like how can we help you get there in six to 12 months or maybe faster? Yeah, I guess the one thing would be is how do you look at, okay, I'm not just the solo freelancer anymore um, and just finding subcontracting, but to really modeling yourself as maybe a small studio um, and maintaining that level of clientele. Because I think the one thing that makes me nervous about um, wanting to scale out and say I put like, instead of my own name, a different studio name around it that has more of a brand presence um, compared to a solo presence. It's kind of getting to that point of, okay, how do you keep those that pace going? and making sure you have the right strategies online, offline to get to that thing where it's like, okay, you just don't reach out to a subcontract every six months with a random project. And actually like keeping that momentum, I think is the one thing I can't ever figure out how to wrap my head around, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. What would you say is, do you, do you know, like if you had to say what what's stopping the momentum? I mean, maybe that's what you're asking us. But I, I just would like a little more clarity on on like, if you start to get momentum and then it stops, what do you attribute that to? Yeah, I think right now the one thing is a lot of it's been my personal network so far um, with one to two raw leads, I would call them, or just randomly off the internet from like okay. social media. Yeah. Um, and the one thing with that is I'm like, okay, my personal network is working to get clients, but how do we keep that momentum online with different strategies? Because sometimes it's hard to nail in on that early stage founder and get them to find that clarity. Um, LinkedIn's been working a bit, 
but setting those sales strategies online and offline to keep that going and not always relying on just referrals with it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I, I actually was hearing the wrong question. I thought you were saying like, how do I keep up momentum in working with subcontractors? You're saying, how do I keep my pipeline full? Yeah, uh, so that I exactly. Constantly enough business to, to hire subcontractors on a regular basis mm-hmm. related problems. Yeah, okay. that's funny. That's how I, that's how I heard it too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. So the real, so the real issue is like, if I'm going to hire people, on a more regular basis, yeah. I need to know that I have consistent work coming in. Exactly. Right? Okay. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's going to want to take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Yeah, I mean, we hear this all the time. It's like I get word of mouth and referrals, but there's this fear around word of mouth that it's like, well, what if that, I don't know actually how that works. And so what if it just dries up one day, right? Exactly. Uh, or it's say hard to like, build a business on that. Yeah. Or I have a couple strategies I've been using with like um, LinkedIn, this primarily try to target or rechange keywording on that. And I've gotten one or two leads through that just from LinkedIn searching, which is the weirdest thing ever. Um, not weird, but I didn't expect it personally. Um, so I'm interested in like that output and more social media too. Um, if it was like an agency model and saying, okay, maybe we're going to make carousels and post them, um, on LinkedIn and Instagram to try to target, that's a whole different issue compared to having actually sales strategies in place. Hmm. 
So, so Clay, I mean, what direction do you think we need to take this advice for her if she if she needs to build up a more reliable and predictable pipeline of, of potential clients? Yeah, there's there's a, there's a um, so just based off what you're saying, you've mentioned a couple of things. I think the issue is that uh, you're talking about tactics. Um, so you said uh, you tried this thing on LinkedIn. Um, then you mentioned something about carousels. Like those are sh- those are just tactics. Um, I think you need to look, you need to go higher and look at the 30,000 foot view of your marketing and sales strategies, right? And so, yeah, I, I, it's good that you recognize that uh, right now you're getting a lot of your business from your personal network and and the fact that um, it's it's going to be exhausted, right? Because you can only, yeah. you can only tap that for so long, right? So you can, um, you need to expand out, outside of that. So the, you need to look at 30,000 foot view. What is your overall marketing and sales strategy and not tactics? Because like that's what a lot of people get stuck on is they say, okay, uh, let me try this one tactic and see what happens. Oh, okay. Well, it either worked or it didn't. Okay, let me try this other tactic. And so like the problem with tactics is that that particular method could be gone tomorrow, right? And so like if you talked about like, exactly. uh, yeah, well, if you're talking about applicable anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like carousels. Oh, carousels might be gone tomorrow. Right. And so. Yeah. Oh, they were trendy the, for a phase in every part of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, exactly. Um, so I would say 30,000 foot view. I would say, look at, I would say, look at, uh, three different things. Um, one is, uh, just kind of overall, uh, concept is you need to figure out how to systemize all of this. And so, because like if you're if you're Very looking true. at tactics and if you're looking at just you alone, if if something takes you like man hours to do something, that there is a finite amount of hours that you can do things yourself. And so uh, one of the things you need to look at is uh, is uh, advertising, right? And so and I don't mean like, hey, let me just go boost some ads or like, uh, oh yeah, or, you no, know what I mean? Like, momentary, yeah, it's not long term strategies. Yeah. And so like the, the, so advertising as a whole, and it could be Facebook ads, could be Instagram, could be LinkedIn, could be whatever, it could be traditional methods. Um, but your advertising campaigns need to be in three stages. One, it needs to be awareness, right? So you're, you're running ad campaigns to people who have no idea who you are. Um, and then the second campaign needs to be engagement. So basically, you're you are targeting people who already know who you are, who've engaged with your content in the awareness campaign, right? And then you have your third phase uh, of conversion, and your your those campaigns you're basically retargeting people who have engaged with your content in the engagement con- campaign, if that makes sense. So you're basically moving people yeah. down the funnel. Um, so, th- but that needs to be always ongoing. Um, like at all times, it doesn't need to be like, oh, let me just try a campaign for a couple of days or a week or whatever, and then I'll shut it off. Like it needs to be all three of those campaigns need to be running at all times. Um, the second thing you need to look at is uh, content. I think content is going to be good um, because I think in order to run these ad campaigns, you need to have a good content strategy for uh, for social media. And then the third thing is. Uh, I would look at relationship capital, right? So like who who can you form relationships with that can send you a ton of referrals? 
So an example is, is I have a really good relationship with someone who runs a pretty influential Facebook group. Um, I say Facebook group, but it's a group of like 700 entrepreneurs. Um, and, and that may not, may not seem like a lot, but the power that this guy has over these 700 people is insane. It's super high. Like he says, do this one thing. And out of 700, 500 of them will actually do it. And so I've gained a relationship with this person and uh, to where, where he like trusts me enough where he gives me an endorsement and I get so much business from this group. And so like you can basically replicate that. And this is a longer strategy because you have to develop that relationship. But I think uh, developing like four or five of these relationships where someone has an influence over a group of people will get you tons of endless uh, referrals. And so um, kind of that was a cliff notes version of what I think uh, you can do to fill your pipeline. Yeah, I've actually been doing it on somewhat of a smaller scale, more targeting um, how to teach great UX and UI design on Instagram. Um, and I just started sharing small content carousels of like, how do you create a portfolio website? How do you, um, you can become a designer. How do you successfully run a user test? And it's not in the freelance wheelhouse, but it's in the designer wheelhouse. And within, um, a month, since there is a large design community on Instagram compared to say Twitter, I'm not much of a Twitter person personally. Um, I got like 1500 in like a month and I was like, oh my God, what is going? I had a couple posts go get reshared. So that's more in the content side and having that in the freelance or in the designer wheelhouse compared to like the freelance one. Um, and I want to long-term like be teaching hopefully, but that's a whole different realm compared to my personal freelance business. So I get what you're saying with the content and strategy. The one thing I can't figure out with that barrier is, okay, do I need to have a separate studio account? Do I need to run ads on like LinkedIn for that because something about that never felt right. Um, it was more how can I get this direct content to early stage solo founders of how do you actually make an MVP um, and does that live on LinkedIn? So it's kind of I can see the output of the content. It's just I don't know what the right social media would be for that target group because I feel like they live very much in like meetups or in the SF Bay area, but that is very subjective in that same there. So. Yeah, that, that comes down to like testing different things, right? It's like, you don't know. I mean, yeah, you got to you gotta go where they hang out, but you don't really know where they hang out until you test a variety of different things. Uh, so the thing true. is, yeah, the thing is, you just got to keep track. You got you to gotta track the numbers. I will so, say, you, I mean, you said they, they all hang out together, and I, I would say that's probably true of that particular demographic. They're all talking and spending time together. So like, I know you want to get out of referrals or you want to find another way besides referrals, but you know, client referrals can be a huge it's win so in a space like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something don't, re- has... don't rely just on that though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. for sure. For sure. Something that has struck me while we've been talking is the other day I was reading some article about freelancing uh, and it said something like, I can't remember who said it. So I apologize. I can't give them credit, but it said something like, uh, how can you expect to have consistent clients consistently have new clients if you aren't consistently selling? Like if you're not all the time selling, so then you won't all the time have new clients. And so that that to me, in that context, listening now to what you guys are saying, it opens up an interesting uh, an interesting paradigm shift for me, which is normally I would say 
yeah, go figure, go test some stuff on social media, go figure this out, try this, try that. I actually, maybe, depending on how your, how your business is doing, you can tell me if this would be a good fit. I would maybe hire someone to do all that. Because if you can hire someone, and they don't have to be full-time, they could be a part-time exactly. subcontractor. But if they could all the time be selling, <laughs> instead of, because you're all the time running your business and actually doing a lot of the design work yeah and that's what you like right you you yeah if I had to guess wouldn't like to be selling all day long <laughs> yeah I like creating content I like talking I like talking about what I do but when I go it's finding the strategic messaging I can narrow it down um but my favorite part is opening a new design and really getting the details right making sure it's flowing right working with the client um yeah. and the sales part I did a bit of like reaching out to my personal network hosting where I knew right when I first started um and it helps but then the wave of okay I have too many clients right now which is a great problem um and now it's like okay how do I keep this momentum up so then it can grow into like a small studio model with hopefully some contractors that are like hey I have too much work here's a pipeline for six months of work that I want to love like would love to give that and you know what like you're you're on the upswing of the feast famine cycle you're in the feast right now you're you're on the upswing of the mm-hmm. roller coaster and while you're yeah. on your way up and you have so many projects and therefore so much revenue now is the time to invest in someone who can help you sell all the time so that you don't dip because what many free the reason there's the roller coaster revenue problem with freelancers the feast famine cycle is yeah. because they do exactly what you've done but on on their way up during the feast they don't look forward to the the impending doom of the famine that will inevitably come, <laughs> yeah. right? So instead of investing in not hitting that downturn, instead they they just do the work that they love the most and they spend their time doing that and no one is selling. And so then in six months, you have this huge decline in business because you weren't doing the work now to make it happen then. Exactly. Or having those strategies, like how you're saying, Clay, be in place for long-term to have or we're testing them out for it yeah yeah that's why that's why i like to that's why i said like your your ads like your three campaigns awareness engagement conversion that's why i say it needs to be running all the time all the time so that way it does help with that feast famine cycle i'm not saying that like it's going to solve it every time but it will minimize all of that it could solve it but it will minimize that that cycle yeah are you saying paid advertising or just okay what's your view on paid advertising for like a solo um freelancer compared to like a small studio with more of a branded name on it um i would say so okay i think if your question is whether you should do a studio name versus your own personal um i'm not asking for yeah or just kind of something about paid ads for a solo freelancer seems off like oh madison newcomb consulting for an ad on facebook seems feels really off to me but i don't know if that's just myself interpreting yeah i i think there's nothing wrong with doing it either way i've seen both work um doing uh doing paid ads it doesn't matter whether you're doing paid paid ads or or just basically just represent how your brand is representative um, it, versus like you as an individual person versus a studio name or an agency name. Yeah. Um, it, like you're talking about branding, um, representation, how you present yourself, 
that's that also goes into ads. So it all just depends on on what you prefer. It sounds to me like you want to change your name to like more of an agency or studio. Um, And there's I I, like to me that it sounds like if you do that, like that's it sounds like that's what you want to do based (laughs) based off how you're how you're phrasing it. I'm like uh, kind of. What I said to myself when I first made the transition, I was like, okay, I want to do six months to a year of just myself and, you know, getting used to it a bit more. Um, But it kind of hit earlier on, like, oh, maybe there does need to be a larger entity name for brand perception of it um, for when you are running those ads then. Yeah, just just do it. Like, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like, um, you don't have to like narrow it down. Uh, for like the idea of oh i'm gonna run ads so i need to like rep- be represented by a bigger name like yeah no, that doesn't, it, it, no. to me yeah. to me that's not like if that's like the trigger that makes it happen then great but it sounds like to me like that's what you want to do so i just say just do it just go ahead and change, <laughs> yeah. just change your name to an age like that's what i did like yeah. I, I i was like clay mosley freelancer right and then i was just like yeah uh, and then it all of a sudden became i changed my name to an agency and like you just do it like I don't, I don't know. Like, what's your hesitation behind that? Like, why? Why don't, I why don't you just think, do it? I think it's the. I look at like my mentors around me who are freelancing or just people I know, and they waited like two, like three to five years to then go do that, or like why they were not yeah, so? why. Well, no, not <laughs> why, but more in terms of they were more experienced, quote unquote. But that's just naiveness when I'm saying it. But it's more of they were building that up. And they were building up their name more to where it was, hey, I have a roster of like 20 to 30 clients, give or take. No, um, I actually disagree. All, all they were I doing do was, was building up brand awareness for their name when they could have been building up brand awareness for their studio. I'd say so whatever true. you think you want to do in five or 10 years, wherever you think you want to be in five <laughs> or 10 years, like choose that name yes. now. You could do that today. Yeah. Oh, no, you go and, yeah. yeah go, like, I'm serious. I'm serious. Go do that today. Like that's what you want to do. I I think that's a great move. Um, and you you eventually do want to like build into a team, right? Oh yeah, um, totally. I love like, just, just go do it. Marketing product is like the full set of it, putting all these yeah. products um with it. Yeah, just go do it. Yeah, and by go do it, literally, it's just you saying it <laughs> because no, like, it you, is. You, yeah, you no, don't you don't is. even I have mean... to like get a business license. You don't even have to register an LLC. I worked under oh, no, I, a business I name for eight years that. before I LLC'd. Yeah. Yeah, no, I already have all of it. It would just be a DBA. Also, also, you know, you know, you. I don't know if this will happen to you, but this is what happened to me when I, I literally changed my name from Clay Mosley to Rock City Digital. So that was the name of the agency I had before, Um, and and it was just me. It was just on paper, okay. And then I instead of saying, "Hey, I'm Clay Mosley, freelance designer," um, and and then I went to hey, I am Rock City Digital and I am the owner of Rock City Digital, right? And so whenever I made that change, I swear, I swear it was like, oh my gosh, like clients like came out of the woodworks. And because like, I don't know what it is. Like some people just want to work with someone who who is presented as mm-hmm. like a bigger entity. Yeah, uh, that's working what with the team. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's, so it's, I, it's the full perception of it compared to one person. It's- I think... Yeah, I think you get. I think you're just getting in in your own, your your own way as far as like, 
oh, like, I don't know, like hesitating to change your name to a studio name. I like, don't look at anybody else. Like if that's what you want to do, I say, just do it. Start today and, and just start building your brand. I, I don't think there's any reason why to, you got to wait three to five years until you're established and have X number of clients, in my opinion. I, I actually think the timing's great with, with how much business yes. you have right now. Yeah, I, I think the timing is great too with it. Having just transitioned wholly, I think, is kind of making that sure it's at the right moment and getting it out there sooner than later with it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I think this this falls to me, this falls in the same category as like people who, um, wait to start their business because they can't figure out the right logo or exactly. whatever. Like, it's, it's more it's hesitation. Like so, yeah. 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 And it's so easy to fall into that when you're in the, in the thing, but outsiders, you know, we can come in and say like, just do it, just do it. Because it's easy for us to see that it's really not as big of a deal as you're maybe making it out to be. Um, I, I mean, it sounds, it sounds like you're on the right path for it. I don't know. Maybe we're kicking a dead horse at this point. Let's, let's, <laughs> <laughs> No, I definitely think it's, yeah, there's, you know, logos is my number of clients, right? Is my number of years of experience, right? It's just, I think, doing it and um, sticking with it long-term for anybody doing that personally. So I'm saying, okay. Do you you already know what you want to call it? I'm just curious. Personally, no. Um, I hit that wall of, okay, I don't want to be solar anymore. And I want to expand into a larger one for the next, you know, five years plus my life and long-term goals. Gotcha. And yeah, so it's like hitting that wall right away of like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it soon. But giving it with client projects going on, just making sure it's right now with everything. So cool. I will say, you know, lots of people get hung up on the name. Uh, like, what if I pick the wrong one? It's mm, not ideal yeah. for branding. It's not ideal for a branding situation. But like, you cannot, <clears throat> excuse me, you can always change your name later too. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's just, it's just like you got to pull the trigger and move forward and worry about the stuff that's actually going to make a huge impact on your business. Like lining up this pipeline, like we were talking about earlier in the episode. Um, there's just more important things sometimes than a name, although it is valuable and important, but it, it, it can always be flexible. It can change. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, what was your personal perception into your businesses when you went from not personal perception, but, um, the output of changing from solo to a smaller studio, say if it had that perception to it, do you think more clients creeped through? Do you think it, it, it has more meat to it? It's more established. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's more yeah. growth in the long term compared mm-hmm. to the solo one. Unless you're very niche solo and you're known for a specific type of work. Yeah, I think I think this good this goes to the the whole idea of um like people want to work with with people who are doing well, right? And so if if you are if you establish the the idea of like okay, I have I own a company versus me as a single solo freelancer and also like hey, instead of solo freelancer, I have a team like people have that perception of like, Oh, okay. They're doing really well. I'm going to work with them. So. Exactly. And it's results driven. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The result. Yeah. And they care more about the results than actually how your business is set up or anything like that. Right. At the end of the day, they care about how you're actually serving them. We, we talked about this with, uh, with Amy Quo actually in our last episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, she was kind of wondering like, how do I transition from this solo freelancer to an agency? 
we brought up an interesting point, and that is a lot of clients actually prefer to feel more secure in an agency setting. They feel like they have a whole team behind them instead of one person. There's not a single point of failure. As Clay said, if someone gets hit by a bus, you know, if the one freelancer gets hit by a bus, then they're kind of out of luck. But if there's a whole agency, you know, knock on wood that anyone gets hit by a bus and we don't wish that on anyone, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like there's, there's definite advantages to the client to being an agency as opposed to a singular freelancer. Can- can I say this one point too? I, I So the reason, and I know this from experience, is I, I love the idea of naming an agency or studio as, like as an agency name versus a person's name because of potentially selling it. And, and you might be thinking, oh, I'm never going to sell this agency or this business. But let me just tell you, that's exactly what I thought too. And I ended up selling my agency. And so it's, it's a lot easier to sell, sell your agency um, if, it is, uh, if it is named not your name, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes and sense. So, it's, like, it's like any other business acquisition. Yes. It's, yeah, it's, it's a higher perception yep. of it compared to a solo person with it. Maybe if you're a law firm and you want to have both your last names, that's totally different. <laughs> You know, it never made sense to me why lawyers, yeah. why lawyers put their dang name on the on the door. Like I'm just like, and then every time they add a partner, they add another last name. I'm like, yeah. it, that makes no business sense to me whatsoever. But I'm not like I'm not yeah. a lawyer. I don't own a law firm, so I don't know. But from my perspective, I'm like, why did that? It makes zero sense if I'm going to like sell it. But you know, they, then they they think, oh well, I'll never sell the law firm. But the fact is, is that that could potentially happen. And it has, you know, so it's like, I always th- say like, make, make your all, make all of your decisions as if you are going to sell it later. That's, that's my, that, that's a debatable thing to, to uh, say, but that's my take on it. No, I agree, I agree with, with that. that. 100%. Yeah. No, it's, it's like any other thing. You want to be able to sell it later on or just have that difference in mm-hmm. it compared to a person's name. Yeah. Yeah. Just to have the flexibility or even, or even not to sell it to like have someone else run it and you yep. just exactly. you know, retire or whatever. Like yep. there, there needs to be other options in my opinion. I, I believe the same way. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's just like you, you may not have any, any, uh, desire to sell it, but I will, I promise you every single person has a number. Every single person has a number that they would sell it for. Right. That, might, that number might be high, but who knows? Somebody might actually uh, present that number to you and you're going to be like, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully in five to 10 years. Um, but no, I definitely, yeah. It's the, having it as a larger entity than yourself that then can be sold as simple as it is with it and not keeping it just to yourself. So. Yeah. And, and any, for anyone listening. With, yeah. For, for anyone listening who like really wants to keep their name, you know, bringing up our friend Matt, our mutual friend Matt again, uh, he just transitioned from like Matt Olpinski freelancer to uh, Made by Matthews. And so like his studio is now called, I hope this is right, Made it's, by Matthews. Yep, it's Made by Matthews. Yeah. yeah. And so it still kind of incorporates his name, but honestly, he could walk away from that if he needed to um, because it's not Matthew Olpinski or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he transitioned after, heck, eight or ten years of being just yep. his name. Yeah. Yep. yep, he did. 
Well, I, I'm afraid we're out of time on this call today, uh, Maddie, but I really appreciate you taking time to oh, chat no, with us. Great. I hope it's been Yeah, helpful. definitely to run through what's been in my head here the past two or three weeks. Like I said, just thinking the idea of maybe getting a larger name around it um, and taking the action on it, just to run it by two other freelancers has been great for the hour here. So thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Good, great. Well, it's been Good. fantastic chatting with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, definitely great and have some action items to take to plan to get this forward with it. So. Good. Well, we look forward to hearing oh, cool. back uh, how, how it goes and hopefully yeah, we'll be in touch. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. All right. Yeah. Thanks. We'll see ya. See ya. Bye. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify. Visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at FreelanceToFounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya. See ya.